You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 36, Cubs Massacred in Minnesota. Don't forget to listen, download, review. Most importantly, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on the socials. Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, Fly the W on Facebook. Of course, you can email us, fly the W670 at gmail.com. Crowley, how are you on this Monday afternoon? Well, it's Monday and the Cubs got demolished, so I'm not doing so great. Yeah, you and I said uh, two of three, I think we both predicted. And uh, I think I might have even said, don't be surprised if the uh, Cubs were able to sweep this thing. Let's get into uh, game one. And that was on Friday night. It was an Apple TV uh, Plus broadcast, Drew Smiley versus Sonny Gray. Yeah, the Cubs are going to take this one 6-2. I was listening to the Mully and Haw show this morning, and I was listening to you guys talk about that. And um, anyone that listened to that great interview we had with Michael Cerami from Bleacher Nation um, on our last podcast, that's what you're getting when you get that Apple podcast, the clear picture, the, the 10, 1080 picture. I mean, that's what Marquee does not have yet. So, you know, if you were looking on your phone and, and the cool thing is you get to you can listen to Pat and Ron on that as well. But the picture is just so dynamic if you have a 4K TV. So it was a fun game to watch, a great pitching duel between uh, Gray and Smiley. Uh, Sonny Gray looks fantastic. I don't know what he dipped into Fountain of Youth or what, but he went 5.1 innings. <laughs> he gave up four hits, one run, one walk, and nine click Hays. At one time, he struck out six Cubs hitters in a row. Now, to me, Drew Smiley looked just as good. He went six innings. He gave up four hits on two runs, one walk, and four Ks. And although Smiley was charged with those two runs, it was sloppy defense that allowed those runs to score. You had uh, Kyle Farmer singled to lead off the second, but that was a ball in Morell's glove that he dropped. And they originally called that an error before the score changed it to a single. I don't know why they did that. Hometown um, score, Crowley. That's why. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Willie Castro is going to hit a ground rule double that put runner at second and thirds with one out. And then Michael Taylor reached on a fielder's choice when he went to wisdom with the infield in and the throw was wide and Jan Gomes couldn't catch it. So that allowed Castro to score. So that easily should have been three outs right there. You know what I mean? Absolutely right. Yep. Defense was not as good as you would hope. No. And Alzali continues to me to look like the best option out of the pen. He threw two scoreless and then Mark Leiter finished it up. So as of right now, those are the two guys I trust in the eighth and ninth inning and, and, and nobody else makes the list. Yeah, there is some doubt right now in that bullpen, and we'll see uh, how they adjust it as they uh, get down to Houston. We'll get into that in a little bit because the uh, bullpen definitely used quite a bit in games two and games three. But let's talk a little bit more about the uh, where the Cubs got their offense from in this win on Friday night. Yeah, Gray had them uh, absolutely struggling. You know, they they actually one positive moment, Dustin, that we talk about runners in scoring position in the fourth. Dansby Swanson led off with a walk, and Ian Happ doubled to put runners at second and third with no outs. Now Cody Bellinger grounds out to the pitchers, and runners do not advance. But Seiya Suzuki hit a sack fly to pull the Cubs within two one. To me, I thought that was like a big at bat with runners in scoring position because you you know the Cubs have been struggling so badly in that, and to see him actually get a run out of that. I thought was a big deal. You know, you wish you would have gotten both runs in, but just getting one to me is just a step in the right direction. Step in the right direction. I mean, say is still batting fourth or fifth, depending on the day and he's getting guys on base in front of him. So it was about time that he actually put a ball in play that actually did something, which in that case it did. And every run mattered. Right. And the Cubs fought back in the seventh inning with one out wisdom singled and Matt Mervis, who had been going through some growing pains. He doubled to tie the game at two Trey Mancini and Gomes hit back-to-back single. Mervis scores, and the Cubs took a 3-2 lead. 
But then Chris Morrell adds some insurance runs with an unbelievable two-run home run that landed in the second deck of Target Field, 429 feet. Uh, the Cubs would add one more for a 6-2 lead. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, some runners are scoring positions, some some Morrell magic, and things are looking good. And now you got the series opener, and you only need one more to get the uh, get the series win, but uh, not to be. Yeah, I was feeling really great after that, and part of it was uh, enjoyed the company I was with watching the game, enjoyed the picture. The picture was, as you mentioned, just just outstanding. So um, if you've got the means and the ability, I highly recommend catching a game because it really, really delivered. All right, game two, Saturday afternoon, a little bit of a rain delay in that one. Hayden Wisniewski, Joe Ryan, the matchup. This is the one that scared me because I just thought the Cubs didn't match up against Ryan. Uh, Cubs lost this one 11 to one. It was a disaster. We're hoping we we're hoping that Hayden would continue to progress. And unfortunately, he took a major step back in this one. He went five innings pitch, gave up seven hits, seven runs, one walk, five Ks and four home runs. That's yeah, the problem th- right there. The four long balls, Crowley. That's what really hurts. Yeah, it hurt, especially because there was runners on base with those two. So Wisniewski gave a three-run homer, a two-run homer, and two solo home runs. So, you know, it's there's issues here. And, and Brad Boxberger also struggled going two-thirds of an inning, giving up three runs on three hits and two walks. Now, you and I had talked in the last episode about Hayden going back when Hendricks is healthy. According to our friends over at Bleacher Nation, lefties are now hitting a whopping 325, 366, 662 against them with a 44% hard contact rate. So I don't have any problem sending him down to the minor leagues. It's not like some major punishment that's happened to everybody, including Greg Maddox in the past. But he has to have some some other pitch against lefties. You know, whether 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 it's a changeup, whether it's a more consistent cutter, whatever it is. It has, it has to be a change that happens. And so, you know, Hendricks, we'll talk a little bit more about him later, but he's looking better and better. And, and, and I think that Hayden would do well in a less high leverage situation, working on some of those pitches against lefties. Um, the other well, big, big dis- part of it too, Crowley, seems to me that it's location. He seems to be high instead of low. When he's missing, he's missing high. And I think the hitters are taking advantage of that. Right. What you're seeing, too, is a lot of uncompetitive pitches. So it's like the pitch, you know, usually it's hard because pitchers only or hitters only have like a split second to make a decision sometimes. But like some of these pitches by Hayden, their balls, the moment he leaves his hand, they don't even have to worry about it. And they get into favorable counts. And now they're sitting on something to, to hit. But but when you look at when you look at lefties hitting 662 slug against him, that's that's a problem. Right. As bad as uh, Hayden Wisniewski was, Crowley, the Cubs offense also with a miserable afternoon. Yeah, it's, you know, Boxberger with a miserable afternoon. Uh, the offense, I mean, they went one for 12, leaving runners in scoring position again. They struck out 14 times. They scored one run on six hit. The only Cubs with multiple hits was Tucker Barnhart, who went two for three, and Say Suzuki had a double. Our good friend Eric Hosmer back in the lineup in the DH spot. I, I'm, I'm, you know, Dustin, this reminds me, I don't know if anyone, you know, maybe some of the older listeners we got on here remembers when Dusty Baker, who the Cubs are going to be facing in Houston back in like 2005 and 2006, he had a love affair with Nafi Perez and would constantly, constantly like put him in the lineup, regardless of how bad he did. This is just getting irritating. I'm just, you know, if, if he can't 
figure out when to put him in the right spots, then just DFA him. I don't care at this point. I don't care if it's bad for business. I don't care what they promised him. He's getting his money. That's what his promise is. You got, you get your paycheck. And, and, and he gets it no matter, he gets the paycheck no matter what. It, it's, it's also like that he's DHing, right? Like if maybe if you, you could sell me on his defense, maybe, maybe, but when you're DHing him, he obviously isn't providing any defense. So, you know, let Matt Mervis DH and let Hosmer play first base if you're going to have him in there. Either way, he goes 0 for 3. He gets ejected arguing balls and strikes, and then his best friend David Ross joined him in the eighth, so they got to maybe talk about what a great teammate he was for the <laughs> remainder of the game. Got some chicken wings and a beer, huh? Right. All right, game three, Mother's Day. Marcus Stroman on the mound. Yeah, so this is the one I think that threw me off more than anything. I thought game one was a toss-up. I thought game two, the Cubs were not didn't have good odds on that one. And then game three, I figured, you know, Stroman's been doing so well. And Louis Verland, you know, nothing big. But Marcus had his worst start of the season going 2.2 innings, giving up seven hits, six runs, two walks, and 3K and one home run. The bullpen was just as bad, Dustin. Uh, Rucker gave up two runs. Merriweather gave up one run. Fulmer gave up three runs. And then your favorite, Miles Mastrobuani, as a position player pitching, decided to give up four runs. And it was just an absolute embarrassment. That the really old- shouldn't count against the bullpen, by the way. The Miles Mastrobuani stats. No, I'm, 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 not counting that. I'm not counting that. But there, there's other issues that go along with that as well. Um, the offense did nothing. They scored three runs on six hit. Morrell hit another monster home run and Suzuki hit one as well. Magical had an RBI and Matt Mervis had two hits. All three of Morrell's home runs since he's been called up have been over 400 feet. These have been no doubters, but the twins put up 27 runs in two days on Saturday and Sunday, and they scored 29 runs against the Cubs at target field. And that's had a record for a three game series. The ballpark's been open for 13 years. Yeah, but, like eight know, home runs, right? Eight home runs combined between Saturday and Sunday as well. Just awful. But here's the thing, Dustin, that I'm looking at and that has me nervous here is, you know, you said master Buani doesn't count, you know, and I, I get that, but you have now three pitchers in the pen with ERAs over five. You have Boxberger with 552, Merriweather with 614, and Fulmer with 675. And when you're talking about those guys, those guys were supposed to be the back end of your your bullpen right now, and they're getting absolutely crushed. And they're all disappointing, but does one stick out more than the others? For me, Crowley, it's Boxberger. I definitely expected bigger things from him. So, so to me, when you looked at it, I thought that Boxberger was going to be the one that you could most count on, that you least had to worry about. I didn't think he was going to be the best pitcher. I think like Merriweather and Fulmer had higher ceilings, but like all these guys right now are on the floor. They're, they're the having the worst possible outcomes that you could imagine. You know, Merriweather is a guy that they were, it was like, it was like a reclamation project. The guy throws heat, struggles with location, no different than what we're seeing now. Fulmer was a guy that I expected more from, but you know, Boxberger, I thought was going to be steady and no worries about it. You know, I don't know how much longer they can keep doing this. I've, I've, I've talked since before the season started about guys that I like in Iowa, you know, and I'm sure when they're ready, those guys have control issues of their own. Um, like I said, that's just part of the frustration I had when they didn't give Jeremiah Estrada a chance to, to at least show something. You know, I've seen what these guys can do and I'm not impressed, but let's try somebody that can do something. So uh, this bullpen has got to get straightened out in a hurry. Absolutely. Cast to get straightened out in a hurry and it can't come soon enough as the uh, Cubs, they leave Minnesota and they are now headed down to Houston. They're in Houston right now. 